space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. We are in Chronodate, Season 3, Episode 38 of the podcast and Season 2, Episode 12 of Enterprise. It's the catwalk. Um, it is Enterprise uh, Season 2. It's actually one that I kind of like, and we've had some duds, and I'm not going to go into specifics because we've got a guest with us today, and I don't want him to hear any spoilers. But um, uh, with me, as always, is... Uh, Dan Huckfield, yeah. Uh, and together, we are... Dan! Dan. Uh, today, we're not going to be alone, Dan. We've actually got a guest. Uh, I am going to be signalling through to the Too Young for This Trek podcast. <laughs> Tyler, are you there? Uh, I'm here. Hey, Tyler. Um, hello, Tyler. Uh, how will the listeners know you? Uh, yeah, so uh, you know me from uh, my podcast, Too Young for This Track, where I watch uh, Star Trek, all of it. Well, no, the best and the worst in like a random order <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> but um, I also have another podcast called The Coordinate where I talk about the anime series Attack on Titan. Yes. Now, I haven't seen Attack on Titan. I've seen sort of visuals of it, and it's sort of like uh, giant naked monsters, I think. <laughs> is is that the right one? Is that the right one? Yeah, that, that's the right one. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> what is the general story on that? Because I, I, I've always wanted to get into it, but I've never actually sort of found a place over here in the UK to really sort of watch it properly. It is very complicated, <laughs> but uh, the, the gist of it is there is uh like these giant humanoid creatures uh that like you said are naked <laughs> they're they're naked gen- uh like no genitals but they're naked giant people and they just want to eat other people and they've taken over like the whole world and there's just like this one city left with uh people inside just trying to survive wow so, so like walking dead but with giants yeah it's basically giant zombies nice <laughs> I, I zombies and giants i'm i'm in for that i'm all right oh, good um so uh, listeners if you're in for that too there you go um right well what we tend to do is uh with a new guest we first ask where you discovered trek or how you got into trek in the first place now i think you might set a record as our first guest who's done it within a spe- you know just years not decades so uh how did you first discover trek um yeah so i mean i think i was always like a, like vaguely aware of trek but um i never watched any of the shows until 2020 when uh, star trek picard came out um, I had another podcast called Too Young for This Hit, and um, where I watched movies I missed as a kid. And we were going to do like a special season to cover Star Trek uh, since Picard was coming out. And we were just going to watch, you know, every episode of Picard and talk about it. And then, you know, we just had so much fun doing that, that we decided it would be fun to introduce me to 
all of Star Trek in just like a random order as if, you know, like you turn on the TV and there's Star Trek on, it's just a random episode. That was kind of the concept. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I think at this point I've seen three episodes of Enterprise. <laughs> I've seen a whole bunch of Voyager for some reason. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And virtually no Deep Space Nine. <laughs> it's really weird how, you know, because it is random, you'd think statistically mm-hmm. you'd probably hit about 20% for every like you know show and maybe miss one show every now and then. But it is baffling how you've, you know, beaten the odds to not watch Deep Space Nine <laughs> so many times and and listening to it. And when you're going through the episode at the very end, when you're kind of picking what might be the next episode and you kind of, as a listener, you've got your fingers crossed, like he's going to get DS9. He's going to get it this time. He's going to do it. And then it's, <laughs> oh no, he's got Voyager again. How does he do it? How does he do it? Yeah. It, it's funny. I've never actually picked a Deep Space Nine episode. We, we've watched two, but I did not pick either of those. <laughs> those were like, we decided we're doing a Deep Space Nine episode. <laughs> They'd had enough. Your co-host had had enough. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they wanted to get some DS9 in there. Um, so far from what you've seen then, have you got sort of a, a favourite show so far, even though you might have seen more of one than the other? Is there sort of one that you sort of gravitate towards a bit more that you've, if looking back on it? Um, I, I think when I get a TNG episode, I'm usually I'm pretty happy. I feel like that's like a safe one. Like it's going to be a, a nice, fun episode. Uh, for some reason with Enterprise, I I always have like when I hear that I picked an Enterprise episode, like we, we watch the trailers, how it's revealed what I picked, what it is. And I'm always like a little disappointed. <laughs> uh, I think I just hear so much bad stuff about Enterprise, but I've enjoyed every episode of Enterprise I've watched. So, <laughs> um, any thoughts on that, Dan? G- given what we've been through for the last six episodes, yeah, yeah I can. I, I, I feel your pain. Basically. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd be re- I'm fascinated to know what Enterprise episodes you've seen. Actually, I don't know if you you can remember off the top of your head what. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty easy. It's only been three of them. So um, I've seen the pilot, which I guess you can count as two episodes if you want to. Um, I have seen this episode, and I've seen uh, Cold Front. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So season one and season two has been your yes. your intro to, to Enterprise. Interesting. So no season three or season four, which again, no spoilers, but generally speaking, whenever you sort of engage or I've engaged with other Star Trek fans at least, I seem to get the consensus that three and four is, is people's favorites. There are detractors okay. and there are people who like one and two more and, and things like this, but generally speaking. Um, so it's interesting that your your way in so far has been not necessarily the worst, but at least the lesser of the two seasons. <laughs> Let's just say that, although we are in season two and having gone back, because I've got a hazy memory for Recall on Enterprise. I haven't watched it as much. I was at university when it was came over here in the UK and I was studying so much. So I didn't really pay attention to TV too much because I was just stressed out in books and things like this. So I don't really have a good recall for Enterprise. And it's surprising how much I'm I'm not liking these episodes. Um, like I, I thought maybe I missed a gem somewhere along the line, but we it's been a long, long road getting from there to here. Um yeah. Um right. Well, um we've uh, we'll talk about the credits a little bit later, but yep. Um 
uh, we'll come to it when we get to the credits uh, in time. But we'll start with the episode. Now, for first-time listeners, uh, and uh, Tyler um, uh, hasn't actually been listening to the the show, uh, The Temple Trek, because it is filled with spoilers, because we don't want to spoil it for <laughs> Tyler. Um, and as they say over in uh, Too Young for this Trek, take your headphones off, Tyler. I'm not going to do that to him. I'm not going to nick the cratch phrase, because I uh, you know, I don't want to be sued for you know taking off your copyright or anything. I know you've got lawyers in your back pocket. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, also, I don't want to ruin the experience for Tyler to come to Star Trek. So if we come through this episode, uh, when we do our locating part of our criteria, if there is a callback to another episode, if there is something that is a reference somewhere, we're going to jump out. And just like I did back in season one of this podcast, when I did like a history bit, and I came in and talked about the real history that was happening at the same time as the episode, uh, whether it's in the 1950s or 60s. Um, I'll do pretty much the same thing in this episode and you'll just hear me as a recorded voice somewhere. Right. We locate the episode in Elkars, then we'll do consequences, then we do alterations or expansions, things we want to see differently, recommendations, and then the last one is S, where we set up and we sell. I thought we'd add a little extra S, because when it's a guest, we're going to sell their podcast, we're going to let them uh, talk about what they are, um, and uh, you know, make sure that everyone goes over to Too Young and Attack on Titans, and all the other uh, shows on the Probably Work Network. Right, locate zero minutes, zero seconds. There's no timey wimeyness. We're not chopping and changing the episode. We don't have to start at the end and then come back or anything like that. Nice and simple. And we open up on a star log entry. Now, this is really rare in uh, Star Trek Enterprise at the moment where they actually give us a date. And it's so much easier for a Temporal Trek podcast that wants to do things in chronological order that they tell us what the date is at the very beginning. Um, but it is September 18th, 2152. It's been six episodes in five months since we last got the date for these episodes. So what on earth they were doing? Because two of those episodes are specifically referenced as being in one day. And one of those episodes happens in five minutes. So, um, yeah. What were they doing for the other four months? I don't know. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, but we're going down to an uninhabited planet. There's river rafting, possibly four days a month of uh, daylight or darkness, I would think. The rest is all daylight. And um, we finally get a call through to the shuttle pod from these random strangers who are warning them of some neutronic wave front. Uh, you need to go to warp seven. We can only do warp five. Da, 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 da. Thoughts, guys. Uh, we'll start with Tyler and then we'll go on to Dan. Um, on this opening scene, is it a good sort of setup for the episode? Does it sort of fall a bit flat? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a pretty good opening. Um, I, I feel like what Trip is talking about doing just seems very Trip like. <laughs> he wants to go uh, uh, whitewater rafting on this planet. <laughs> um, the only negative thing I have to say about it is these uh, aliens, I think they are the laziest design I've seen from any Star Trek, uh, other than, you know, ones that are just straight up look like humans, you know? <laughs> like they just gave them like these little tiny ridges under their eyes, and that that's about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I quite like this opening as well, and I think, um, yeah, it, it's just, again, well, I don't want to reference old ones, but it's a very typical Enterprise opening to me just sets the scene quite nicely um the thing about warp seven is is quite interesting mm. um suddenly there's a bit of drama but yeah just a pretty standard opening really mm. but all right i was thinking you know the episode's called catwalk you can-
they've given these uh, aliens like high cheekbones. Maybe it was going to be like a fashion episode and they realised actually it doesn't quite fit in with Trek. So uh, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll change it into they have to hide in the catwalk and that'll be it. Yeah, Warp 5. Now, without, again, being too spoilery, in other episodes of Trek, I'm sure they have mentioned that natural phenomena cannot reach warp. So what oh. is this neutronic wavefront? How can it travel at warp? Any thoughts what it might be? Is it a weapon? Is it something else? I don't know. It just it just seems weird that this thing can do naturally what an engine that took hundreds of years of human advancement to get to can just do, you know, and they're not fast enough. Perhaps it yeah. was the um, prototype DMA. Mm. <laughs> oh shit sorry man no 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 oh, no no I, I, i've i've seen discovery <laughs> oh okay yeah oh yeah so just yeah. to say so yeah you've done picard you've done discovery you've done uh lower decks lower decks and prodigy yeah, so, yes yeah yeah we just cover all of the uh modern trek as it comes out nice well that means that there is a series of trek that you have seen you've seen that we haven't yeah because Prodigy isn't over here in the UK. So if you want to, you know, get out two years worth of uh, pent-up tension inside you and say, you know, take our headphones off so you can just talk about Prodigy, you know, if you feel like it's a cathartic thing you want to do in this episode, please feel free. Um, so, yeah, I'm guessing in Prodigy they haven't dealt with natural phenomena or like a like a sort of like storm in space sort of episode or anything like that? No. No. no, I don't believe so. Okay. Because I was just thinking if if there was other episodes that, uh, you know, try and make it believable that there's something you can't escape in space. But given that space is a three-dimensional place, couldn't you go down or up and over or? Yeah. Unless it's just that big <laughs> or it's like maybe it's going warp seven in every direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I just don't know. Um, yeah. It's. It baffled me about this episode, but I know that they're doing it just so that we've got a reason to stick a load of people in a confined space for eight days, uh, and that's what they want to do. Right, we'll move on. Um, the uh, da, 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 gets us into the credits. Now, Tyler is our first-time guest, and as you know, first-time guests get to tell us what they really think about the credit sequence on Enterprise. Uh, infamous, famous, whatever you think. Tyler, your thoughts? Um, I, I kind of love it. It's... Uh... It's definitely stupid. Like it doesn't <laughs> fit with like any of the other series, but it's just it's very cheesy, and I feel like that makes it. Uh, it it's like very campy, and I, I feel like that makes it fit with Star Trek. Just how weird it is, and just you know they can't change it now. It's just that that is permanent. That was a decision that someone made, and it's just gonna stay there forever. Like I, I kind of love that. It also gets stuck in my head all the time. Like anytime I just hear like the phrase, like it's been a long time or something like that. I just, I'm singing it in my head, if not out loud. Mm -hmm. And um, on my podcast, I hum it in the background all the time. Like just when I kind of like drift off while someone else has been talking for a while, I'm just like. <laughs> so when I go back to editing this, when I hear myself talking in the background, it's just going to be a. <laughs> cool <laughs> <laughs> no well i think that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about yes. the credits so far i think when i'm making the supercut i think i'll do you first and we'll start with good and then we'll swing to christine now christine zabo did a couple <laughs> of episodes ago and that was probably the most hatred i've ever heard 
for anything in in yeah, for anything. in all of existence. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that much hatred ever before. Um, the bleep button was almost broken uh, when editing this podcast from hers. So there we go. Um, yes, yeah, so there we go. The credits, <laughs> but I do enjoy the visuals. I have to say, I do like the the visual part of the intro thing. I know it's a bit standard and stock, and it is kind of just the American Space Program. I would like, you know, Yuri Gagarin and people to be in there as well. But, you know, I like the visuals. Yeah, but this is Space America. Yeah, Space America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, we go into a briefing scene. And again, we haven't actually had quite a lot of these. Again, not to be too spoilery, but in previous episodes, so far, Trek has been about pretty much what Archer says goes. He makes up a plan doesn't tell anyone how to do it but for some reason everybody knows how to pull out the plan um but we've got email yeah exactly oh that's what it's space email he followed up yeah this is why we need you tyler because you've just answered why we've been asking because we've been trying to figure out for the last two seasons how does archer communicate these really complicated plans in about five minutes of an episode and they all know exactly what they're doing because i don't know about you but when i get a briefing at work they give you two minutes notice on some really advanced stuff that you're going to have to think around and work on your feet. And you don't know what you're doing. You know, it's like the duck's feet underneath the water. You have no idea what's going on. But all these people, cool, calm and collected. It's crazy. Um, they do say that it, it spans in every direction. So I suppose you could give them an out of you can't go under or around it or anything like that. But if you started in the opposite direction at warp five, would it catch you up? Like physics wise, would even if it's traveling at you couldn't you walk away from it and still be ahead of it no matter what and it just sort of peters out by the end of it is it like a storm yeah well i mean they can't do warp through it because then they would have to be like somewhere hiding shielded right Mm, true true so if they did catch up then that's it they're they're screwed Yeah. yeah yeah um travis uh travis has something to do now um uh, again, not being too specific, but uh, Travis, the pilot, is uh, often left out and not given much to do in an episode. But he's actually being told he's going to um, help them outfit the Enterprise and change the catwalk, which is the only shielded part of the Enterprise, um, to sort of accommodate all these people. And he comes up with the idea, well, what about a toilet? I'm pretty sure everyone should have asked that question the first thing. Yes. And and as we found out during COVID, toilet roll is the most important thing in anyone's life. So why the toilet conversation didn't come up earlier, I don't know. But uh, Trip also sounds like a really good engineer. So I'm not giving him any trade trip this, this week because he really sounded like he actually knew what he was talking about this episode. Um, I don't know about you guys, but overall, the briefing scene, any thoughts? Uh, did you feel like it made sense? It was organic. Did you feel like they, it was a bit too techy, a bit too techno babble? No, I think it was okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I think um, I'm going to jump forward a little bit actually, and um, just what I do find interesting is that 300 degrees heat in the catwalk can cool down so quickly for them to have time to do some work <laughs> because it, you know, it was they only just switched off the off the engines and already they're able to wander around in there. So, um, I don't know if they've got some very good, uh, good sort of heat conduction or something or, or what, but um, I'm yeah, it's lucky. Yeah. That, that is interesting. Cause it's not like, I don't think they like cooled it or anything because Travis makes the comment that 
you know it's like a bit like muggy in there or something <laughs> like yeah. somebody open a window please <laughs> like so i don't think they like switched on the ac so <laughs> well maybe maybe that's ensign ac maybe this is another crew member part of the team because we've been trying to work out all the lower deck positions on this ship because we never really get to see them on any star trek like the lower decks other than lower decks the show <laughs> you don't really get to see them so maybe there's a an ensign ac who is in charge of cooling the ship down or heating it up depending on what's needed um and he just he's very good at turning the dial i don't know um <laughs> but it was really nice to have travis sort of bring in the idea that he mm. is a space boomer and he understands how to travel through space and he's been through dangerous stuff like this before mm. he has a degree of knowledge that he can bring to it and he tries to you know freak trip out a bit and sort of say i never forget the look in my father's eyes um do you really want to be stuck with this guy for eight days like telling kind of horror stories of surviving as a space boomer um any thoughts on that do you want to be in the in a dugout with this guy he would probably make you uh more terrified just like telling you his stories but then again i guess it's a little hopeful because he apparently survived that yes so you know very true very true he doesn't mention the six people who didn't survive it but you know <laughs> yeah and um so yeah i had recently discovered uh not i not exactly through the episodes we watched but uh just like someone mentioned it about like travis sort of getting sidelined mm -hmm. throughout the series and uh, yeah that's super disappointing because every episode i've watched he's had a pretty big role in and he's like one of the best parts of it it's again so he yeah. seems like a great character it's again yeah. it's like uh ds9 you've avoided all the episode where he just gets completely ignored for the entire episode so you found the only <laughs> times when travis had something to do yeah it could be a product of how we have done the show where it's like we only watch the best and the worst episodes so maybe the best episodes of enterprise are very like travis centric interesting Ooh, that could be controversial mm -hmm. that'd be nice to see if that plans out uh, once we've finished all four seasons and we sort of get to the end, whether, you know, it was made better by having all the crew doing something, I guess. <laughs> um, stellar cartographers. Now, I don't know about you, but these three looked dodgy from the moment they were warning them over the comms, let alone inside the decon chamber, pacing around like lions ready to pounce. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, do you think there was a more convincing role they could have picked you know, something that sort of fit. they're a biker gang who are just roaming around <laughs> um, pet groomers, uh, chefs, because, I mean, they do some cooking later on. They could just say, yeah. oh, this is alien cooking. You know, this is this is cuisine for us. You know, I don't know about you, but it might not taste very nice. But there you go. Um, yeah, they're shifty from the get go for me. But how about you? The fact that they said to him, just go to warp seven suggests that their ship can go at warp seven. So why don't they just warp out? I'll be thinking, hang on a minute. Why would you choose to go on a ship that can't get fast enough and has to go into this nightmare sort of <laughs> com containment situation when your mm. ship, I'm guessing, can do warp seven because you just said, oh, just go to warp seven. So they obviously, for them, warp seven's fine. Mm. So straight away, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> what are you up to? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Uh, did they, Their excuse was that their ship was small and didn't have like a bunch of shielding or something like that. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was fast, but it couldn't help protect them. But if they're immune, does that matter? Like they can walk yeah. around in that thing, in whatever this neutronic wave front is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but our, the crew of the Enterprise doesn't know the whole they're no, immune thing no. yet. So 
it's quite a nice that we get to see the sort of the montage. We do actually see some of the lower deckers. We don't necessarily know what their job is, but you've got, you know, Ensign, uh, hand me the bag. You've got Ensign, uh, let's move the spacesuits. You know, you've got loads of different things all going on. So it was quite nice to actually see how they were going to do it. It's not just mentioned, oh, the crew have just finished, you know, they're on time. It's all good. Um, we even get a Flox and Topol scene where they're talking about the animals and the medical equipment. I don't know about you, but I actually quite like this scene. I thought it was one of my favourite parts of the whole episode where it was almost a medical drama. You know, do you talk, do you, Sophie's choice, do you take the, the lizards? Do you take the little octopus? Do you take the bat? You know, wh what animal are you going to survive? Um, any thoughts on just the interaction between the two? Because for Topol, she's got no emotional reason to keep these things alive, but Flox does. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good scene. Um, Flux is one of the best characters on the show, it seems. Like, he's he's always consistently good. And, um, yeah, I guess it was interesting. Like, he doesn't like to uh, show that he, you know, kind of thinks of these animals, I guess, sort of more as pets. Like, he, he likes them, you know? He, he does use them for medical purposes, but... Mm. Yeah, so I guess it was it was interesting to see that aspect. Yeah, I agree. Another good good scene actually. Um, but yeah, I suppose Topol is interesting because she's very because she's a Vulcan, very logical. You know, she sort of he said, "Well, we need to save them and stuff." And then, but then he said, "They're important for my work," and that was the thing that clicked her into gear. Mm. And then you know, so she's very sort of both both of them were very much their characters in that scene. It was very sort of perfect for them if that makes sense mm, mm. It, you know it, it was a very sort of contained scene and very sort of it made sense from from their characters absolutely because she mm. wouldn't you know she'd just go well take 15 cubic meters she's probably thinking we're going to need some kind of sick bay you know for, for like minor ailments and stuff or if anyone gets injured and that would do and then you know but then she's willing to, to change her mind because of um of the sense the sense of it the logic of it mm, mm. yeah her, her first suggestion is to you know like double up like put a put a yeah. couple of different animals yeah, in the same cage yeah. fox is like they will literally kill each other <laughs> well you know that's entertainment you know the fight night uh on board the the ship you know? <laughs> well, we're going to be here for eight yeah, days I, you're going to run out of movies eventually so yeah, I mean, I they're, they're it, not yeah. like the Federation yet. So, uh, you know, like their their morals aren't the same. Like, <laughs> yeah, animal fights, totally cool still. <laughs> yeah. def they'd definitely be slug racing at some point. Yeah, you've got the one in a little Starfleet uniform and one of them's, yeah, got little pips and things like that. It's like, come on, Ensign Sluggo, come on. <laughs> um, uh, we go to Archer's ready room. We actually see the wave and he sort of remarks how beautiful it is. And he wasn't expecting it to be that way. Um, but we also find out that something that was mentioned in the briefing isn't quite true, that Topol has sort of stretched the truth and lied. But it it's something that doesn't seem to go anywhere. Like this conversation mm -hmm. doesn't really lead to anything inside the own, its own episode. Um, she lies about this, uh, this ship, this Toplana, as we find out in this scene. But it turns out it was completely destroyed, not nearly destroyed. And this seems to be a, a theme for the episode. Like there's lots of conversations in this episode that don't really go anywhere. This one, it, was she on the ship? Did she have some you know, personal connection to the captain or one of the crew people? Was this a big disaster in Vulcan history, but no one talks about it? Mm. No one brings this up. And 
I was just wondering if you had a theory as to why she made it up or made uh, a difference. Was she trying to be perhaps nice to the humans and not try and scare them too much? Absolutely. I mean, I think at this point, again, Tyler, I won't sort of reference any previous runs and stuff, but by by this point, she's definitely been, I think, I think sort of affected by her, her time with the humans. Hmm. She's definitely... I don't know if mellowing out is quite the right word, but her character is changing a little bit. And I think this is a, a sort of indication of that, that she realises, she just said, like, a Vulcan would just say, well, yeah, do you remember that one that got destroyed 30 years ago? Perhaps, you know, hopefully we won't get destroyed. Mm. But she knows if she said that to a human crew, that would, you know, that, that would really affect them. So I think she's just sort of moderating her her Vulcanness. To, to fit with the humans, I think. And I think that's yeah. that's something we see going forward, I think, and, and, you know, definitely. So I think that's what it is. I think she's, she understands how to communicate with humans a little bit better than she did maybe at the beginning. Yeah, I agree. It, it's interesting that she takes that, um, uh, that like, perspective. Meanwhile, you have Travis, who was just, you know, telling him about, like, it was literally the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> uh, uh, I've never seen my dad cry before. <laughs> Do you think we should have got some flashback scenes to like it's just him like in a closet just rocking back and forth? It's like when is it going to be over? The toilet's blocked up again. <laughs> um, yeah, but so that's the first instance of things going nowhere. And I just want to bring up because there were several times where I felt like that happened. Now, I want to see if that was just me or if like other people were sort of noticing it as well. Um we see the ship close up for the last time of the episode. And this was one thing I did like about it is that we saw the ship going into this wave front. And there's only other two other times where there's an external shot. Everything else is entirely on board the ship. And I thought it was a nice little touch that you are stuck on the ship. You're stuck in the catwalk. It's only when things get a bit bumpy and they have to resolve the episode later on that we see outside and we see what's actually going on. Um, Porthos is back. Um, Short of Travis uh, being ignored in, in Enterprise, this is actually the first time we've seen Porthos for quite some time as well. Again, I'm not going to say how many episodes he's been absent, but it's been nice to see him again. Um, <laughs> would you want to be stuck eight days in a catwalk with uh, with a, a dog, knowing that what dogs do? <laughs> yeah, I, I, they didn't make a shower. I doubt they made a, a dog toilet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, oh, better yeah. than a cat i can say that you know when our when our cat goes in the litter tray that is not a nice smell that is not a nice smell at all <laughs> even if you get the, yeah. the the smell dampening ones as well no, no. <laughs> at least with a cat though like it's got like a place that it goes like with a dog you just have to like walk it up and down yeah. in a cell <laughs> until it's like ready <laughs> Do you know that's right i hadn't thought that but of course i don't know if thinking about that the, the catwalk or the, the is is a grill isn't it mm-hmm. it's not a solid flat surface so it's going to be pretty icky yeah you know it, hopefully his guts are okay but if they've gone a bit wobbly like like um um reeds do at some at one point it could be a little bit oh mm-hmm. yeah it could be a bit, a bit rough that couldn't it <laughs> mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to be sleeping underneath there would you now this is a, an ensign we've come up with before ensign pooper scooper the one who has to follow the dog around <laughs> the one who's cleaning up the mess so that the enterprise isn't fouled up uh what is he doing in this whole episode is he the one actually doing all the walks whilst we're not looking at the episode 
I don't know. Um, they enter the wave. It gets a bit shaky. We get a bit of uh, quite nice CGI, and then that's it for the for the Enterprise for quite some time. There's regular turbulence, and there's a quite a nice little scene mm. where he meets a crew member, a lower crew member, and mm. solves her crossword puzzle. Now, I no idea what that scene was supposed to be, but again, it goes nowhere. Like, it's a nice to sort of establish that people are doing stuff, but crosswords. <laughs> Why? Why was it in there? What? What did that? really serve to the episode any thoughts <laughs> would you like to have seen something a bit more interesting than someone trying to solve a crossword uh no i think it's fine i mean it's just like i guess that's how bored they are <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah for me this was the first episode of enterprise i saw mm-hmm. so like for me seeing that interaction like i have no clue that that's not a main character <laughs> that he just interacted <laughs> with um i actually didn't know um i i'm blanking on the character's name what's the uh like the like communications officer oh hoshi hoshi Hoshi, yeah i actually didn't know she was a main character until i saw the pilot (laughs) um yeah (laughs) that's really interesting isn't it because you know as you say if you just drop in and watch an episode i mean this is really interesting for our later uh, recommendations thing because this is what we're effectively doing isn't it Mm. we're 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 creating new tylers Mm. we've never seen trick and saying should you watch this this episode mm-hmm. and yeah it's, it's interesting i mean you're right why you know that that character could be a main character it's just a little little tiny scene in there and it's, you know she's part of the crew and you know that's yeah it's really interesting i think mm-hmm. i think um makes you think about the recommendations doesn't it yeah because mm. i mean there's no reason that that couldn't have been given to hoshi and be the start of yeah. the conversation that she's doing a crossword but it's a really difficult crossword that's in 16 different languages and she's she's struggling on the one that's English. You know, she's struggling on the one that at least everyone understands. Uh, but, you know, oh, this, this Cytherian one, that's oh, really difficult. I can't pronounce it. It's crazy. It's got an X, a Z and a Q. And I can't remember what it is. You know, all this kind of um, Yeah, it, it's another scene that just didn't feel like it went anywhere for me. Uh, when I saw the crossword puzzle scene, uh, the, the solution to it, uh, is you feel free to cut this out I, it, it, I i get the feeling that you your podcast does not go quite as uh vulgar as ours no go for it no if you need to no, okay. i've got a bleep button uh, don't worry <laughs> <laughs> so it seemed like uh archer was like setting him, himself up for a pretty inappropriate joke because the answer to the crossword puzzle was like some car yeah and it sounded like you know he was going to be like you know what's this so call so call so car so car yeah and for some reason in my head, I could just see him setting up a, a joke and him being like, yeah, it's Sakar, Sakar. And her being like, what? What is that? He's like, Sakar, my nuts. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he just walks off. And then in the very next scene, he's talking about ballroom. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> it just it weirdly fits, even though it, it wasn't there, but it was. <laughs> I love this. I like that this is going to be the episode where it's the HR problem for the Enterprise. And, it, yes. you know, the, the consequence will be that there'll be a HR officer on board any starship from now on. That will be the big consequence for the episode. Uh, <laughs> did you hear what Archer said to that lady? She just wanted Solcar, and yet he was just turning it into something else. That's brilliant. I love that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we still have don't know anything about Archer's character for certain. 
he, he could be one character in one episode and he'll have a completely different disposition the next episode. And we haven't been able to pin down what kind of captain he is. Maybe he's the offensive captain. Maybe we've never <laughs> seen that. That's a whole new thing. I'm going to, I'm going to look out for that now. Tyler's recommendation is Archer and Arsehole. Uh, so I'll, I'll try and figure out a jingle for that one, but I'll see what we can do. Um, we do get the Hoshi conversation that's just next to it. So that is the claustrophobia scene. Um, this does tie into other episodes. Accessing library computer data. Hello again, listeners. Yep, this is me jumping out the episode just to say that it is Hoshi's claustrophobia and that she first mentioned it way back in Fight or Flight. Uh, we also have Sleeping Dogs. And again, it was brought up in Shockwave when she had to crawl through all of the conduits to try and save the Enterprise from the Zulaban. Back to you, Dan. You know, she's overcoming sort of fear and being trapped and all this sort of thing. Again, doesn't really go anywhere. Like the whole idea that she's freaking out about being claustrophobic. It's a nice scene between two of them. You know, you're the captain, can't you order the storm to stop and all this kind of stuff. But again, doesn't really feed into the narrative of the episode. Uh, and just wondered if you enjoyed the conversation. Was it nice as just a bit of character work? Do you feel like it should have done a bit more? It should have maybe clued into the the big resolution of the episode and the, and the big bad coming in. I quite like it actually, because I think again, without spoiling Tyler, it fits very nicely with what we know about uh, Hoshi. And I, I think, you know, I, I would imagine the captain in this situation would be moving around a lot. Mm -hmm. you know, he wouldn't necessarily be able to spend half an hour having a, a chat with someone, you know, because he's sort of, you know, obviously trying to sort of make sure the, the ship's running okay. But he's also, I mean, like the previous scene, he's looking, trying to look after the crew. So to do that, he has to sort of spread himself quite thinly. So I think in some ways this, this works quite well because it is the sort of the sort of conversation you would have. Oh, how are you doing? You're right. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm just struggling a little bit. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it'll be okay. It's not going to be too, you know. Do you know what I mean? Those sort of little things just to keep people ticking over. Mm. So I think actually those two scenes together work. You know that that's what I would expect from the the captain certainly. Mm. Yeah. Tyler, we've got about a minute left on the recording. If you want to. Um, yeah, I agree. I know I just suggested that Archer might be an asshole, but I, I think this <laughs> shows that he's not yeah. at least most of the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really like just his little interactions with all of the crew. Mm. You know, just mm. trying to calm them down and everything. Go get some snacks, perhaps a carbonated soda. There we go. Yeah, inappropriate Archer needs to be something. That is going to be great. <laughs> um, right, right. These next two scenes, actually, for me, bled together, even though they're not really related. There's the photographers or our fake cartographer, biker gang, uh, pet groomer, chefs, whoever they are. Um, and they've covered over their their area their space that they've been allotted on the catwalk and they're being accorded every privilege trip is actually trying to be nice again no trip hatred on my part he actually tried you know he was trying to be diplomatic i think it's the first time he's tried to do that in at least a dozen or so episodes uh, they then go into a scene with flocks and reed and we get reed's dodgy tummy and we talk about you know vomitoriums and all this sort of stuff <laughs> but the reason it's linked together for me is the biker gang have got covers over their area, but sickbay doesn't seem to be covered up whatsoever. It, it, there's, there's no privacy um, in the sickbay area, at least. 
wouldn't it be nice to have a curtain maybe when you're talking about uh reed is about to explode um i, I mean i know he likes blowing stuff up he is the tactical officer but maybe not out of both ends uh it's not a nice thing um <laughs> But we also find out that Denobula, space is a premium on Denobula. So these two scenes, trying to get to know the new guys and Sick Bay and Reed's uh, dodgy stomach. Uh, any thoughts? We'll start with Tyler. Um, yeah, so about uh, Trip, I kind, of, I kind of feel like we needed at least one more scene of uh, the, the their guest annoying him. Because like without that, it just seems like they did this one thing, which is admittedly a bad thing, you know, a fire on top of a plasma coil or something probably bad but like <laughs> i felt like before he like blows up like he did we needed like them doing something mm. else previously you know otherwise mm. it's just like they make one mistake and he's just like you freaking idiots like <laughs> uh but yeah and then the uh about uh reeve uh is it reeves is this like reed reeve. Mm. okay yeah his issue like <laughs> i i guess he's embarrassed about it because he's basically motion sick mm -hmm. and they're on a spaceship because like <laughs> i i don't know it, it just seems like a pretty i feel like there's probably lots of other people on this ship that are having similar issues but he comes across it like almost as if he's like having like uh like he, he's having some kind of embarrassing issue like he needs like viagra or something like that's what he's trying <laughs> to ask for like it's just he just needs like a little bit of tummy medicine like it's not it's not that embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> considering that flox has already just said yeah you know there's like three or four other crew members who've also had motion sickness so you know it's it's going round loads of it, people seem to be <laughs> suffering in that same way so why be embarrassed yeah it's not like he's like just keeps pissing his pants or something like i don't <laughs> uh, was there any a reed hatred on your part dan in this scene was he being a bit too whiny no, I think um, he was being very Reed. And whether that's a hatred or not, I'm not sure. But um, no, um, I think he was, he was sort of a, 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 what's the word? A sort of catch-all mm. for all the medical, little medical issues. They needed to have a scene where somebody had a problem because mm -hmm. it makes sense. You know, you're stuck in this thing, you know, really and truly i mean i mean there's that scene when reed again sort of loses his his shit over the um over the shower which I, mm. to be honest with you i would be with him on that one <laughs> i have to say oh very soon after talking about the loo i'd be talking about the shower because <laughs> you know eight day I, I i don't think i would like to spend time with myself after eight <laughs> days of not having a shower if i'm honest oh you know <laughs> Yes, I think um, so. I think he's got a point there, mm. um, and and that scene talking of sort of Reed, that we, we should have almost seen a bit more of that. Not necessarily that scene, but that happening across across the catwalk. You know, mm -hmm. eight days of being stuck with these people would be a nightmare. It would be really <laughs> difficult, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that again, I suppose you know we're in a forty forty five minute show. We can't, you know. So it has to be sort of condensed, but there should have been a, maybe like a little fight breakout somewhere or, you know, sort of stuff, you know, little bits going on. Yeah. Um, mm. it's, yeah. But it was another area where I felt like it just didn't go anywhere. Like mm. 
you know, this motion sickness, the crew are suffering. I feel like it should have played a little bit more into mm-hmm. what was going on in the episode. Um, you know, <laughs> so what you wanted to see is like a, a huge line at the toilets, just yeah, yes, just like yes. into it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a big line, and they're all complaining because you know yeah. uh, Ensign Wass's name is backed up, and it's just like it's taking him forever in there. He's just <laughs> why is he taking all this time? All the hand soap's gone. What's going on? Yeah, and they're they're gradually and, wearing themselves down. And Reed Do you know, is like just hold, trying to hold back from vomiting, like yelling at Trip. <laughs> <laughs> and he just vomits all over him and yeah <laughs> i don't know if any of you have ever been to a, a, um, a festival mm-hmm. but it would be very much like that wouldn't it it'd be you know i, I went to men when i was young i went to a reading nice and basically what you do is you go to the loo as soon as you get there and then you go when you get home again you know, because <laughs> in between it's just you know some horrific medieval Back nightmare <laughs> you know and yeah, every every time I've been to a festival, there's usually, I, I swear, there's someone that's just like peeing in a bottle and then just throwing it. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who did you see yeah. at Reading? Who did you see? Um, who do we see? Um, the headliners. Now, oh, I went a couple of times. I saw Nirvana. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Jealous. How Very cool. jealous. I've got to say. <gasps> really? They they were yeah. Yeah, I was. Re- I mean, that was that time when they, you know, they were, they were absolutely the biggest band in the world. Mm. And and yeah, NWA were really good. Um, NWA, uh, Cypress Hill were really good. Of course. Um, and I saw a band that, that I don't know. Probably Tyler would probably wouldn't have heard of, but and you might not have heard of Dan, but um, Ned's Atomic Dustbin. No, they were, I want to yeah, know anything were, about this. They were sort of a, a sort of rock band, I suppose, sort of never quite, you know, they were never massive. They were all, you know, but I think it's possibly the greatest gig I've ever seen. I loved it. Wow. It, it was fantastic. It was just, I don't you know, you know, when you sometimes at a festival, you get that, I don't know, something about in, something in the air almost. And it's something like and everyone sort of was into it and stuff. And it just, yeah, that was probably the best, best um, sort of, performance i've ever seen it was fantastic yeah Ned's wow. Atomic dustbin right i've got to find a, a youtube clip of uh, some of their music and, and put it into the episode yeah there. yeah there's um there's one called kill your television actually which is always that was i think that was probably their biggest hit nice. and that's that's a really good one there's a few really good ones there's an album i can't think, i think oh it's godfodder it's called godfodder that nice. was the album they were touring at the time and it was probably their best best album and nice. um yeah, that was a great. Yeah, anyway, that's I don't know what that's called. <laughs> that, I, yeah, that's what Temple Trek's all about. You know, we're <laughs> we're placing things and memories and where it all comes from as well. Tyler, a, any favorite bands that you've seen live or anything like that? Um, I one of the best live shows I saw was the uh, the Offspring. Oh, uh, they played yeah. like an entire full album, and then they played their greatest hits after that. It was they played like twenty four songs and. Mm. It was amazing. It was, yeah, nice. Uh, my favorite is I went to see uh, the Cure at uh, Hyde oh, yeah. Park, and that that was that moment where you're standing there and everyone just seemed to be vibing on it, and it was just mm. everyone was having a great time, no disturbances whatsoever. Thinking on that, then why isn't there a crew member who really likes his heavy metal rock music or anything <laughs> like annoying everybody? I, I just yeah. want everyone to have a really bad eight days and put it into an episode. For uh, me, I think that would have been a little bit more interesting than what we actually got. 
Um, I just want to see the entire crew getting on each other's nerves for the catwalk scene. I, I don't know why. I just I want to torture these characters. It's just something they put us through six episodes that I didn't like. So I feel like we should get our own back. <laughs> That'd be really cool, actually, because then what you could have the next episode could be the fallout from that. Yeah. You know, engineering isn't running quite so smoothly because Dave and, and Bill really you know done did each other's heads in on the eight, you know, they're still not getting on and stuff, and you know, they haven't they're not working together and stuff. And <laughs> Ensign Pooper Scooper thinks he's got the hardest yeah. job on the entire ship. Oh, exactly, yeah. Now so you know because you were in there. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's just stepping in poop everywhere, like everywhere they go. Yeah, just refusing to clean up there. Yeah. <laughs> I can see Trump just being like, dang, nab it. That might be even better than the episode we're going to get next week. So who knows? <laughs> um, it, it's a it's a trip episode coming up next week, everybody. And I, 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 oh, I, oh, actually, I quite, again, I won't spoil it, but I quite like the next episode. Yeah, I, there's a hazy memory, so I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. But the fact that it's a trip episode, you know, it could go disastrously wrong. And I apologize if I overuse the bleep button, everybody. Um <laughs> We go into scenes of them playing poker for the rations. We get to see a set of legs for someone very important to the show. Now, I don't know if Tyler has had this spoiled or anything. Uh, Do you know much about Chef? I don't. And I'm sure it came up when we watched this episode before, but I forgot about it until I listened to your your pilot episode and you just like vaguely mentioned the Chef. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know Um, nothing about them. The guy's got a good set of legs. That's all I'm going to say. I think <laughs> that that is a chef's legs right there. Do you know what I noticed? Mm. Oh God, Tyler, you take your headphones off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you stole it. Oh no, we're going to get sued. <laughs> what I noticed was how much his legs looked like Riker's legs. I could easily see it. Yes, I had the exact same thought. Yeah, it could easily wow. be him. And that, yeah. the the size of the stomach was just yeah, about exactly, right. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah okay cool cool yep right <laughs> you see you don't have to edit this episode home. yeah <laughs> we try and make our guests feel welcome in any kind of shape or form uh we wouldn't put you in a catwalk for eight days and make you suffer so that's okay um the movie night is going to be the day the earth stood still yes uh, honestly i mean the of all the movies couldn't they watch poseidon adventure or um you u572 or i don't know <laughs> dust boot um you know, something <laughs> about being stuck in a closet i don't know um any what would what would have been your movie of choice mm-hmm. Ooh. tyler you go first because i'm thinking <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to think on that um it, yeah. it definitely wouldn't be something with just the title just makes you think about how long you've been in this catwalk you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i feel like they should definitely watch some kind of comedy something to like lighten the mood a little bit Mm -hmm. fargo would be my choice if we're gonna go for oh why why fargo what what would uh what would you want i'm gonna i'm gonna go off the subject again but i once for a little while i run a film night at a local pub and Fargo was one of the, the films I chose to show because I love it. Um, the other one, other thing I would show, just if I was like, if I was being mischievous, is maybe like a David Lynch film, <laughs> just to really freak everyone out, you know. <laughs> just <laughs> give everyone like, nightmares. What the fuck was going on there? You know? <laughs> I watched a, cool. a David Lynch film called Inland Empire, mm. which was really good, but just 
beyond. I mean, I remember I went to the cinema in Seven Oaks, which is near me, and there was only like me and Carol, my partner, and I think maybe one or two other people. And it was about three hours long. And I just remember coming out of there. I used to take a lot of drugs when I was younger, <laughs> quite a lot of a lot of acid at one point. And I did feel like I'd been, you know, I felt like I was tripping slightly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> after that, so that would be really freaky to do, <laughs> just to really freak people out. Yeah, but that would just that maybe be a bit too mean, but that would be uh, quite amusing. Oh, I, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Fargo. I mean, Fargo. There's lots of expansive sort of landscapes yeah. and things, so it's yeah. nice and open. And yeah, trip trip them out. Why not? You know, Trip yeah. is playing a trippy experiment with yeah. his movie nights. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. That's why he got the nickname. It's nothing to do with the fact that he's the third in line in his family. He just likes to play trippy movies. That's why he's got that nickname. Uh, Tyler, any any thoughts on what you were going uh, to? Yeah, so I'm going to contradict myself by uh, picking something that would totally remind them they're on a catwalk. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would have went with like Zoolander because the like the best nice. scene in there is you know the like the the catwalk scene with them doing like the um, what do they call it in that movie? I can't remember. Anyways, with the blue steel and the look and and everything, and uh, the the scene where uh, Hansel and um, Zoolander are are going, like, they're having like a walk off. I think is what they call it. Ah. Yeah, the, the scene where he has to like remove his underwear without removing his pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's going to call this sucker? If nobody has any objections, I believe I might be of service. Now, this will be a straight walk-off. Old school rules. First model walks, second model duplicates, then elaborates. Okay, boys, let's go to work. Each before beauty coat cheese. Whatever. That would have been good. And I think having it set in the catwalk and then you're basically having an episode where it's you're seeing a crew gel together. I think if they kept this episode as like a, a big character piece... You get some really good speeches. You get maybe Hochi dealing with her claustrophobia. You have Travis who's talking about his past and and having all this thing. If, you know, this will get into our alterations and stuff, but I kind of felt like I didn't want an action beat in this episode. I wanted it to be character parts and have all of this mean something later on. And I was kind of hoping that they were going to play movie night and they were going to use that to get rid of the bad guys, you know, because the bad guys haven't seen the movie or they'll play sound clips from the movie to try and freak them out. <laughs> uh, you know, try and do stuff with the movie. Because like, again, alone. exactly, because it's it's, oh, an, no. it's another now thing. I want this to be Home Alone. <laughs> exactly. Why wasn't it Home Alone? Why weren't they doing more stuff? Because <laughs> I feel trash. like all of, these, all of these things that happen, you know, uh, Reed getting sick. What if it was actually a bug and they'd used it and there's, you know, you st- start seeing the soldiers run- running for the toilet, you know, just to undo all the stuff. And it's a bit of a comedy Home Alone episode where they do get rid of the bad guys who come on board the ship. And <laughs> I, f- I feel like it should have gone somewhere, you know, when they introduced all these things for a comedy effect or for a, something a bit more dramatic. Um, but yeah, it just, again, it was another scene that goes nowhere. But we do then get the action beat and it kind of starts picking up this episode and you get the soldiers on board. You have uh, flocks finding out they're immune and now Archer sort of taking it out on them. Quite an aggressive Archer. So our soul Archer is back again, but not necessarily inappropriate Archer. It's, it's actually him being quite horrid. And all the mm-hmm. other crew are already standing up for the biker gang. 
do you feel like that was believable that they would have you know been on their side given that they were aggravating them just five minutes ago no i think um i think actually any any opportunity to release some bile would have been taken whether it was them guys or another other crew members there mm-hmm. would have been a lot of tension and there would have been a lot of uh you know, people jumping down people's throats and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, yeah, we we should have seen people more at each other's throats. But I mean, I, I don't know we see pretty often in the three episodes I've seen of the show <laughs> where they're just like everyone seems very naive. So mm-hmm. to to that point, I I could see them taking out for them. You know, do you feel like that naivety? And now this is another point I was going to bring in. Do you feel like this episode plays differently? post-COVID, post-lockdown, post the fact that we've been through our own catwalk experience of having to stay indoors with very little um, you know, ability to leave our <laughs> houses. Do you feel like it, it, it now makes the episode a little lesser because you know that actually they wouldn't have done that. They would have been a lot more aggressive with each other. They would have had more arguments. They would have, you know, admittedly, they don't have to do homeschooling and any parent who's gone through homeschooling, I apologize that you have to be reminded of this, but that was not nice. Wasn't it? Yes. And teachers should get paid more. Yes. Um, (laughs) The fact my wife's a teacher has nothing to do with that, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, do you feel like this episode plays differently post COVID? Well, for me, this, this episode plays differently as in, I don't know that the shower would be that big of a deal because having a kid during the pandemic and like working from home and stuff, I realized I can go, a little longer than I thought without a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I agree, you can do, but the only problem is, in their situation, they're all together. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get away with that. If we were all, like, stuck together in COVID, if, like, say, for instance, the village I live in, we all had to move to the village hall and all live in the village hall, that would become an issue, I think, <laughs> pretty quickly. Whereas I, I agree with you, you can quite easily go through a day without bothering having a shower and then wake up in the morning and not bothering having a shower. You know, it's, it's very easy, isn't it? You've got like social niceties, I suppose, that is an added level to what they're going through. That They've got a bubble, I suppose. They're working in a bubble. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It just felt like there was, there was something about watching this episode that kind of made me feel like I wanted to know a bit more. And I think it's another reason why I feel like the scenes didn't go anywhere in that, you know, I wanted them to be um, at least talking about this experience of going into space for the first time. This show is about the first ship before Starfleet going into space, Uh, maybe not a clip show, but at least having them talk about all the things, the crazy things they've seen and done. And here they are stuck inside indoors and how even more crazy this experience is that they're trapped together and having to go through it. Also, do you feel like this episode needed soldiers, bad guys? Do you feel like it should have been just a character piece? I think you could have done it very easily as, a, as eight days in the catwalk. Mm. I don't, I don't think the sort of the bad guys add anything really. They add a bit of of, of um, what's the word? Not drama. That's the wrong word, but threat, I suppose. You know, so what's going on? You know, this could cause problems if the, the stuff comes on by itself and, yeah. you know, but I think you could have done it very nicely as, as eight days, you know, like, you know, sometimes they do these episodes 
I'm trying to think of, I can't think, well, luckily I can't think of an episode because then I'll have to get tired of, out of the way. But, um, you know, where it says like day one, day two, day mm-hmm. three, you know, and you could sort of, you know, see it sort of going downhill over those eight days. And you don't need that other bit in it. And I think in some ways it, it spoils, not spoils it, that's not the right word, because I think it's okay. But no, you don't need it. Um, I I think it's I, I think it's fine, but I think it could have just as easily been the other scenario that Paul um, suggested was that uh, like a, a glitch occurred and that started turning on the engines because I think you still need uh, that threat of the reaction starting mm. uh, to you know kind of like get everyone back together. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the, the nice thing was that you do have the ticking clock that the soldiers yeah. introduced because if they switch on the engines, that's it, they're fried. Um, but again, could that have just been done with a glitch? Could it be almost like there are points where like they're diving, you know, they're, they're, they're getting into a diver's suit and having to go into the suit, into the ship, fix a problem and come back up. And, you know, they have to send a new crew member down there every time to do it because the, the radiation gets to them and they're saving up trip because they can't send Trip out, because if it's a really bad problem, they need him when it's properly a bad thing. So they send, you know, Hoshi first, and it's her claustrophobia. So they're dealing with that, and they're talking her through the process of just turning on a switch. But to her, that's a big thing, because she's claustrophobic, and she's going through it. Reed, his dodgy tummy, he's got to go and do something else. You know, there's, the, you know, the vomitorium, is he going to make it through without spewing? You know, something like that. You know? Oh, yeah, and he's in that suit, and he's got to spew. And... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So then you've got your comedy beat. So you've got a comedy element that, you know, is he going to make it? Is his dodgy tummy going to make it? And Flox is talking him through it and saying, you're going to be fine, Commander. You're going to be okay. It's okay. Um, I've got a, a, a regular eel waiting for you, and that's what sets him off. <laughs> Off. it's like i don't want the eels back in my body i don't want those ever again <laughs> um you know all this kind of stuff and uh, or travis and he goes down and he gives us a story whilst he's in the suit and we just constantly and it's just them deep diving and it's almost like a, a submarine mm. movie but mm. done as an eight-day survival story of getting through this storm we didn't need the bikers the space bikers with their catwalk high cheeks we didn't need the soldiers uh now again i'm not going to say what episodes but this is now i think the fourth militant looking species we've met in just this season you know they're they're an aggressive military structure why is everyone militant um why couldn't they have been space bikers why couldn't they have been raiders pirates marauders um it just feels like star trek just goes to the the nazis in space far too often Uh, and i don't know if that plays out for you tyler i don't know how many episodes you've seen with sort of these uh militant alien races but it feels like it's a note that's played too often so far yeah i think tyler i think i mean i'm not going to spoil episodes but i think if you've seen the fair few voyager and certainly in voyager that's that's a common theme that you may have already come across i think um i i have seen the nazi episode of voyager assuming there's only oh, one yes, nazi course. episode of voyager <laughs> i don't know there could be more Per season, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> we're not saying we're not saying <laughs> No, we're just we're leading you on. But yeah, you know, that it's not necessarily Nazi imagery, but there seems to be a lot of I mean, we've had colonels and generals on other planets in other species, and it felt like it was another note that they played yeah. again. Uh and I think that holds it against it. I think that um when we get to the end of the episode and we're in the last scene, the deserters have left. Their soldiers have left. They've gone on their merry way. They managed to outthwart them in a sort of 
weird gambit by Archer pretending that he's sick, but he's not actually sick. Yeah, uh, that was odd. I, I mean, he we, he's seen some random plans throughout uh, Enterprise season one and two so far. This one seemed like a, an odd move to let them know that he was alive, but struggling. And I, I don't know where that, that performance comes from. He's he's clearly classically trained as this actor. He's a brilliant actor, Archer. <laughs> so acting Archer is a really good uh, recurring theme in these episodes. But it maybe, doesn't go anywhere. I mean, maybe it was just to make him feel that he was desperate. You know, he's... Underestimate him, maybe? Yeah, and he's willing to do anything because he's he's dying anyway. So mm. you know, yeah. he's willing to, to sacrifice the ship at the same time sort of thing. The whole thing with the um, the scenes when when Trip goes down, Trip particularly Trip's the first one down, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And they're just they're so sort of stock in a way. Mm. You know, he's creeping around the ship. He, I mean, that bit like for instance where he sees the shadows coming and he disappears into. I mean, it's it's not worth it if that makes sense. It's not <laughs> doesn't feel. In, you know, it doesn't. I don't know. You just don't need it. I agree with you. I think you know we're we're sort of straying into um, alterations now. But you know, we don't. You don't need that whole thing with the aliens on board. It just is sort of. I think. I think if this this was made now, I think it would be the eight days with the crew, and maybe mm-hmm. the as you said, Dan with the, the problem coming up that they have to deal with. And maybe, you know, as you say, they can't use the same person and, mm. you know, they have to send, and then you get these little sort of mini stories mm. that are about the way that the different crew members react to, to, to situations. I, I think that's what would be made now. And mm. I think it would be a better episode for that. Um, yeah, I, I think so too. There was a episode of uh, uh, the newest season of discovery that um I, I think that this could be remade in that same tone and it would work better mm. and uh, i'm talking about uh, i forgot the name of the episode but it's the one where they go into the the void yes mm. yes yeah, I, I think if this episode was made in that tone it would work really well mm. just that sense of like desperation yeah, sort of a, a faceless villain. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. it, it's surviving a storm. It's surviving nature. It's surviving ourselves. You know, our own sort yeah. of inner demons and things like that, as opposed to a another militant alien species who would yeah. look good on a good on a catwalk. Um, it's the it's the ship yeah. which is sort of the enemy almost. Mm. The ship becomes the enemy because of the way it's you know it's starting things up by you know by sort of accident or whatever you know mm. or, you know and, and it becomes the the antagonist mm-hmm. in, yeah. in the thing and so they have to sort of battle against the ship at the same time as you know as surviving the storm yeah it, it could also be interesting if they had the same solution from uh, the episode of discovery where they all just get into the pattern buffer considering they're all terrified of the transporter <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. oh interesting now uh there there may be an episode that that could refer to um and again i'm not going to make tyler take his headphones off um yeah. but anyway uh yeah but we end the episode the soldiers are gone the deserters have left um but again that never really goes anywhere we don't we don't really know why these deserters were there in the first place. What no. if, you know, the, the species, if they're that militant, wouldn't they have just try and take 
the ship anyway you know that what if they just they create this neutrino wave to to hide or to take ships and then they can go and uh, plunder it for everything they need and then they get out of the way or steal the ship if they really like it um you didn't need the deserter angle no and why not come back when the, the thing's gone and just take the ship then any other thoughts on the episode itself before we move on in criteria um i, I guess the only additional thought i have is like there's the whole scene with archer and DePaul where Archer tells to Paul, you know, she should use this oh, opportunity yes. <laughs> to like get to know the rest of the crew. And it, we don't really see that play out that much, do we? Nope. It's another one that goes nowhere. Yeah. yeah. If anything, that, yeah, that's the only resolution to a character beat that we get is that she goes and joins in with movie night. Um, everyone else. I quite like that scene, actually. You just reminded me, Tyler, um, the bit where, where I think um, Archer says, oh, am I annoying you? <laughs> And she says only slightly, and then a bit later on, I, I like that because uh, again, I think um, the interaction between Archer and Tapol is is very good in this this whole series, the whole season, mm. all seasons, um, and I like that. It's, that's a very Tapol and Archer moment. That. That's exactly <laughs> what you'd get. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought I it was. About that. I thought it's funny that he was annoying her by watching water polo i think that's yeah. <laughs> like the most random sport he could be watching <laughs> it is although again without spoiling it does make sense it does make sense it does make sense yeah i mean uh there have been points where we thought is he gonna actually approve uh, a swimming pool on board the ship because he he loves watching this so much i don't know um uh but yes yeah i completely forgot that scene as well yeah i really enjoyed that it was a nice character back and forth not good at socializing another character beat that again it would have been nice to explore and, and see a bit more and um i did like the fact that she looked at porthos the same way she's been looking at trip a couple of times this season as sort of like turning her nose up at him because smelly horrible quadruped yeah um whereas uh you know previously she looked at trip and sort of said best engineer in my uh, in the fleet my foot um yeah yeah not great but yes that that was a great scene yeah so i uh, should have remembered that one um right that is it for locating the episode so we move on to consequences there's no timey-wimeyness so we're not going to do continuity this week but consequences your analogy is very colorful captain but i question whether it addresses the consequences Consequences, 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 consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. What do you think? If this was a historical risk record of Starfleet's missions, um, what do you think comes out of this episode that changes how Starfleet, the Federation, and space exploration might go from here on in? Um, I think they would definitely come up with like some kind of like panic room or like some kind of different kind of shielding to account for these events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you, Ty. Exactly what I was going to say. That's the only thing I can think of is that. You would you change the shielding on the the main ship maybe to to protect, mm. but other than that, I can't think of a consequence. No, it's really difficult. Maybe uh, carry some portaloos uh, as standard <laughs> uh, in the back just in case, um, or figure out a way of maybe you know 
using transporters to do your ablutions and get rid of things and and beam it away rather than using standard toilets you know maybe this is the start of not seeing toilets on star trek which may or may not be a thing i'm not going to ruin anything for tyler um but well, I, know, uh, I know there's toilets on the voyager yes it, it comes up once it does <laughs> once just say um <laughs> um yeah uh, yeah it's it's difficult to really think that this has major consequences as an episode it doesn't seem consequential to the real big star trek picture um whether that's a good or bad thing don't know so alterations is next in our lcar system alterations or expansions uh alterations if you want to completely change the episode and we have discussed things as we've gone through expansions would you have liked to have come back to the catwalk species uh you know with the high cheekbones they actually have fashion shows every week uh maybe there's you know we go to their planet and figure that out would you want to go back to the planet they were originally going to go to and see the white water rafting maybe have that as the ending of the episode they've been stuck indoors for ages now they're going to go and have eight eight days water rafting with a bit of dodgy cgi of trip just like doing his thing and going through um so alterations or expansions, what would you like to do? Uh, start with Tyler. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to hammer on that last point you made. Uh, yeah, I think that would have been a great ending because the storm would have passed them so they could go back the direction they were going. Or I don't know if they were like, I don't know if they were moving or they're staying still in space. Mm. And I don't know, but they shouldn't be too far, right? So yeah, that would have been a great ending if they just went back to the planet and uh, they just blew all of the the money you know the budget for the season on this like huge on-site location (laughs) uh but yeah also like you've been saying throughout i think making it more of um like a personal drama rather than the action i think that would have been a good move um a lot of opportunity for character development i agree i think that's right i think i like the idea of the ending you know just sort of chilling out for a couple of weeks. I mean, this that was a nightmare. Let's just go and go rock, <laughs> get you know get um go go uh, paddle boarding and rock climbing and <laughs> just chill out for a bit. You know, um, but again, the, alter- the only alterations I think is is what we've spoken about really. Is, as Tyler said, you know, just making it a little bit more interpersonal, a little bit more you know this eight days of and make this make it feel like it's eight days if that makes sense because it yeah. all sort of you know it, it sort of disappears quite quickly and there's not really that feeling of time in it i don't think so that would be all i'd do i think mm. but i think it's an all right episode I, I remember actually before i re-watched it i wasn't looking forward to it because i soon sort of remember not liking it but i i watched it a couple of times and in the end i, I like it a lot more than I, I thought i did actually yeah it's it's an all right episode and again without spoiling tyler compared to some of the recent ones it's 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 pretty good yeah <laughs> we've been through what we called the turd sandwich of uh, episodes there was one one that we liked in the middle and then there was these really bad ones either side and we've just come out of this neutronic wave of the turd sandwich and we have come into catwalk and <laughs> i think i like it better by comparison but also yeah. i kind of enjoy the episode so it is a good episode as it stands it's just it's okay it's not great it's not something that I would want to come back to or revisit necessarily any part of it. But I would like to see it change just a bit to be a bit more character driven. Uh, I, I do have one last alteration. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, there's definitely, you know, some room with, so Trip goes out to um, out in the ship and he's got like 22 minutes or something like that. Like it, maybe if he goes over that amount of time, 
he has to go into the decam- decontamination room. Like, I think there's a lot of room to bring that back into the play. You know, the, they could have that could have been like half of the space they set up in the nacelle, they could, the catwalk. They could have set up this huge decontamination booth for you know everyone has to rub him down. I think it would have been a good opportunity to bring that back. Well, I have to disagree on that one because I have to say, I'm very pleased they didn't have a decontamination. <laughs> I'm very no. Um, any episode that avoids the sexy room, is, <laughs> it's good in my book. <laughs> well, we've uh, spoken about Travis like being ignored. Now, uh, one thing that we do learn about Travis is that he would have been really good on that planet doing his favourite thing. I'm not going to say yes. what it is again. I'm not going to ruin it for Tyler, but he has an interest, shall we say? That of course we've heard of every episode and you know it wasn't mentioned just once um but it would have been funny if he was so contaminated that he has to stay in the decom room yes. whilst they're all white water rafting and everything down on the planet um and uh, he would have missed out on the adventure i that for me would have been a comedy <laughs> beat but there we go right uh next is recommendations there are two strands to this as always do we recommend to star trek fans as a good episode of star trek and to non-star trek fans as part of the brainwashing kit if you want to get someone into star trek and brand new to it uh we'll start with dan this time do you recommend to star trek fans first yes i think i do actually yeah especially on second rewatch i i, I enjoy this episode and i think um it's a pretty decent episode, really. Yeah. So, yes, I'm going a uh, recommendation. I think um, so far it's one of the better season two episodes. Which, which isn't saying is much. Brilliant, <laughs> yeah, a brilliant recommendation. But, yes, I think so. Excellent. Tyler? Um, yeah, I, I think it's a solid episode. Um, I, there's definitely some room for improvements, but the um, not even really improvements, just expanding on what's already there. Uh, but yeah, the the character moments we do get are good, so mm. I like it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I would actually recommend it. I think it's a nice uh, episode that is something only Enterprise could really get away with because it is the early days of space flight. You know, you wouldn't get this on TNG. You probably wouldn't even have got this um, in DS Nine, even though that was it's quite a, a character driven version of Star Trek. Again, not going to ruin anything for Tyler, but I would say if you wanted characters and arcs and a bit more drilling into who the people are as opposed to the big action beats. DS9 is the one to really go for, even though it's full of action it is a big action series. Um, when you want characters and you want a bit more motivation, I feel like DS9 could have easily done an episode like this, but it works better as an enterprise episode, given its placement in the 22nd century and so forth. Uh, right. So to non-Star Trek fans, now I'm going to start with Tyler on this one. Do you feel like it, Got you. You said it was the first episode you watched of Enterprise. Did it feel like, oh, that was kind of interesting? I wanted to watch more, or like, oh, this is going to be a struggle. Why did I agree uh, to do this show? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it, it definitely. I think it's a good first episode. If for some reason you just want to start uh, the series in the middle of the second season, it <laughs> weirdly works well because you get, um, y- you get a little look at each of the main characters you know you get a good feel for everyone's personality uh even if it's only just for you know everybody only gets a few minutes each like i still i think you get a lot from everyone so yeah it, it works as a good jumping on point weirdly 
<laughs> Even um, on Ensign Crossword, you get to know all about her. So that's, yeah. that's always good. Yeah. I, I also think this could have worked really well as the uh, second uh, episode or third episode, if you want to count the mm. pilot as two episodes, mm. uh, because at the end of the that episode, uh, there's like a plasma storm or something. I can't remember what. And Archer's like, yeah, you can't be afraid of the wind. And then they just fly into it. And it's this horrific thing. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yes. Yeah. It's like maybe we should have been afraid of the wind a little bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you could then establish all the characters before they get into deep space. Yeah. They've got they've got to get on with each other first. And that's oh, actually man, how they, they bring great. it together. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, that might be a new part that we add into. Like, where would you have placed it? Where would um, you place it? Yeah. yeah, interesting. Dan, would you recommend to non-Star Trek fans? <clears throat> well, Yes, I think I would, especially based on what Tyler has said. I mean, I know, I suppose Tyler is sort of a Star Trek fan now, or at least he's watched some Star Trek, so he's not completely new to Star Trek. Um, but if Tyler thinks it's good, mm. then maybe, yeah, maybe we, uh, you know, I, I'm, not sh- I'm not Yeah, I think so. I suppose, uh, yeah, I suppose it's always the same problem that, you know, the episodes are better if you know the characters and stuff in a way. But as Tyler says, you know, there is a fair bit of introduction and stuff. So you can pick up stuff about, you know, at least a a sort of a a broad brush understanding of who they are. So, yeah, I think I would, which is a rare one. I don't think I often... Don't worry, I'm marking the date on the calendar. This is a yeah. double recommendation for you. So this is good. Yeah. This is good. Are you all right? I mean, you're sitting down, but you're okay. Do you need yeah. to take a yeah, minute? No, yeah, right. no, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm going to echo it again. I mean, we've got the evidence. Tyler, you're yeah. right here. You you said that you enjoyed it and you, you were coming fresh into it when you saw it. You hadn't seen any Enterprise beforehand, but had seen some Trek. And I actually think, yeah, because it introduces characters, you do get these character scenes, even though to me, having watched other Star Trek, I wanted more. I wanted to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. It at least introduces that Hoshi's claustrophobic. Travis has a backstory in, in space. Archer, you know, has these weird random plans to get rid of militant species every week. Uh, Topol <laughs> is a little bit annoyed by people and doesn't socialize very well. Trip, I mean, all right, it might give you unrealistic expectations that he's a good engineer maybe um but there's at least something about him and reed's got a dodgy tummy uh other than learning that he likes to blow stuff up you you know there's only other one other quirk you need to know about him but it's established one thing here um so yeah i'm gonna gonna recommendation so double recommendation i think might be the first time for season two i think so yeah i'm just warning you tyler i'm so sorry you're gonna have to watch some of the episodes we've watched in the past you may like them (laughs) i'm not saying they're bad necessarily but we didn't like them. There we go. Um, right. That's it for our ratings criteria. All it is to remain is the S for setup for next week. But before we do, we're going to sell some podcasts here. Uh, thank you so much, Tyler, for being on the show. But where yeah. can people find you? Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so, yeah, you can find uh, all of my podcasts. I'll just say up at the front. I'm on a lot of podcasts. <laughs> but you can find them all at uh, probablywork.com, which is the website for our network um which started as a joke but yeah i was just like me and a friend we're gonna start a podcast and then we started a podcast network for our podcast and then other people wanted to join so that was fun (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah i i've right now i'm mainly doing my star trek podcast too young for this trek where i watch star trek for the first time and a completely nonsensical random order 
And then I've got my other podcast, um, The Coordinate and Attack on Titan podcast, where I'm kind of doing the same thing to uh, one of my friends, Bill, who's who's in the UK with you guys. Um, mm. And uh, we're not watching Attack on Titan in a random order, but I have uh, read the manga and he's watching the anime for the first time. So. Oh, wow. Awesome. Like I say, I need to get more into it. I, I sort of missed the manga bandwagon. I don't know how I did it, but in the the sort of the year group that I was in for school, there were kids who were getting into it, and I just for some reason I missed it. And I don't know how I haven't got into it more because it seems completely up my my alley. Like I would love every bit of manga, no matter what sort of genre it takes in or whatever, what part of it, whether it's ghost zombies, whether it's, you know, death note, <laughs> death note with books that can kill people when you write their name in, you know, all stuff that I would absolutely love to get into, but for some reason I haven't. So maybe I'll start with your podcast and then I'll build myself up from there. Um, but thank you again so much for being on the yeah. show. It's always great when we've got a guest because it gives us yeah. a whole new perspective um, as well. Yeah. Dan, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, Academic Trek Forty Seven. Um, you never know; I might produce another episode at some point. Who knows? Who knows? You, it gets stuck in a catwalk. Maybe you need eight days just to yeah. take take some time for yourself. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Academic Trek. Uh, do listen to it, guys, because I, I absolutely love it. I, I love going back. <laughs> I've actually gone back to previous episodes in the past. And oh, really? so, yeah, because they're, they're still stuck on my phone. So I, I like, download them, but I don't necessarily like delete all of them. And I love talking about there's the, the uh, oh, God, who was studying Voyager? And she talks about. Um, oh, Lee McKagan. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's always fascinating to listen to that because I, I always yeah. like the idea of imperialism in, in Voyager and where does that sit and uh, and all that kind of stuff, the colonialism uh, message that it sort of unintentionally gives and things like that. So, yeah, yeah I love all that. Oh, that's cool. There we go. Yeah, thank you. That's all right. Uh, obviously, I'm here on Temple Trek no. and Nexus Knights. Well, I was just going to, sorry, I was going to yeah, say, occasionally I listen to Temple Trek. Ah, that's all right. You can do that as well. <laughs> I, I hear it's an all right podcast. It's not that great. <laughs> you know, I'd, I recommend it to Temporal Trek fans, but not necessarily new fans wanting to get into it. It's right. not that great. Um, <laughs> but feel free to, to check me out on uh, Cosmic Pizza and also the Epsilon 3, which is a Babylon 5 rewatch, which I do with my other two pod bros, not just Dan. Uh, it's uh, Paul and Sean, uh, Sean over in Canada and Paul, who's up north, who I'm going to get to see this week. I'm actually meeting in oh, real life. Week. He's oh, in London. He's in London, so I'm going to get to meet him. Uh, you heard it on an episode the other week, uh, but yeah, it's the first pod person that I've met in person, so it's going to be interesting. Um, not pod no, person like the movie. That. I just want to say that not not a pod person. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about this. We we must meet up at some point, actually. Well, you're just down the road. It's even easier I know, for exactly. us. Exactly, it's easy, really. Yeah, yeah. Like Paul's got that. Paul's got to come down from Liverpool all the way yeah. down through London, pay the toll to the troll. He's got to fight yeah. the Black Knight. He's got to get down here. He's got to get to, <laughs> to Chatham. I, it just doesn't make any sense. You're just around the corner. Uh, yeah. But yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, thank you again, Tyler. Thank you, Dan, as always. Um, join us next time for next week's episode as we go to season three, episode 39 of the podcast, season two, episode 13 of Enterprise Dawn. Uh, yes. trip episodes and there we go uh, I'm holding back I'm holding back now I'm just clenching my fists on the sofa just like oh is it a trip episode I'm going to like or not I don't know uh, but uh, thank you as always for joining us and we'll see you in the next time stream goodbye I hope you've enjoyed the show please remember to like subscribe and review wherever you listen to it if you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback 
you can contact me by either searching for the Temporal Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temporal Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.